today on the Rising Coaches Podcast. Through that opportunity in China, I got to coach a, a high school team, be a consultant for a high school team that was playing in a Nike league over there in Guangzhou. And I mean, it was it was just awesome playing, you know, Guangzhou, the city we lived in had 24 million people-ish. And so, um, you know, playing in front of these big high schools with these with these kids, I mean, it was just a, a great experience for me. So, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. And, and yeah. in those camps was good too, so. Thanks for listening to the Rising Coaches Podcast. This is Adam Gordon. And today's episode is a special edition of our Members Spotlight. Each week we select four members to be spotlighted and get to know a little bit more about them what makes them tick, how they got into the profession, and what their career aspirations are. As the saying goes, it's not about who you know in this profession, it's about who knows you. To be considered for our member spotlight, simply join Rising Coaches. Visit risingcoaches.com and sign up for a membership today. All of our members get an opportunity to participate on the member spotlight, so please consider signing up so that we can get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and please follow along with what we're doing on risingcoaches.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Rising Coaches Association, the biggest coaching tree in all of basketball. Sign up for the Rising Coaches Association now for just $120 a year and become part of our community, relationships, and development. We talk about it all the time. There's no straight lines in this profession. There's only ups and downs. You need a community that knows exactly what you're going through and has been there before to help lean on during the rough times of the industry. You need genuine relationships, not just exchanging numbers, not just meeting new people uh, at the Final Four in the offseason. You should be doing it all year round, and we provide tremendous opportunities to create those genuine relationships all through the year. And finally, development. We have so much content and so many resources so that you can work on your craft and become a better coach. Because we put such a premium and an emphasis on helping you establish new, genuine relationships, it takes all of the political BS side of the business out of the equation for you. All of that gets removed off of your plate. You can just worry about being you, making new friends in the business, and working on your craft and becoming the best coach that you can be and impacting the people that you're around on a daily basis. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com slash membership. Welcome to the Rising Coaches Member Spotlight. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Dish, the best shooting machine and training equipment in the world, ever in the history of the world. Uh, it's the best shooting machine I've ever used. Uh, we've certainly used a ton throughout my coaching career and Dr. Dish by far the sturdiest, most reliable equipment uh, and really gets you more reps per minute, per hour uh, than anything else I've seen out there. So uh, make sure you visit drdish.com, uh, Dr. Dish B-Ball on social media. And if you let them know that Rising Coaches sent you, they will give you a discount for $300 off your next purchase. So um Pretty good. Pretty good, Emmanuel. Really? Uh, $300 off. Always trying to save our members money through Rising Coaches. Um, also, before we get into today's spotlight, I want to talk a little bit about our live events. They're back. I'm so excited about this. We've got two conferences coming up. Our 12th annual Rising Coaches Conference will be back in person 
first first event since the outbreak of COVID. Um, we're going to do one on the west and one on the east. So uh, June 17th through the 18th in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, and July 6th through the 7th in Atlanta. Uh, you can make plans now to sign up. If you sign up before May 22nd, you'll receive $25 off. Members, if you're a Rising Coaches member, you get $100 off. Um, so go to risingcoaches.com now uh, and book your spot for the Rising Coaches Conference West or the Rising Coaches Conference East. Or if you really want to do it up this summer, do both. Uh, I'll be at both of them. So uh, curious to see how many people follow follow my lead on that one. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're so excited to get back in person and um, yeah, put COVID behind us, right? Uh, okay. Uh, very excited today to be joined by Emmanuel Bland uh, of the Dallas Mavericks. Emmanuel, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Adam. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing good, well. man. Yeah, it's good to see you as always. Good to see you, man. And thanks for having me. Uh, Rising Coaches is awesome. Great organization. Recommend it for any coach, young or old, new or, you know, been in the business a while. I mean, just a great organization and, and you guys do a great job. Well, I appreciate that, Emmanuel. Um, uh, tell us, let's get started just about you. Let's learn a little bit about you. Tell us where you're from and okay. how you got into hoops. Um, <clears throat> a little bit about me. Born in the Philippines. I was actually lived there for six years. And if you know anything about the Philippines, you know it's a basketball crazed country. Um, I think there was a book written in Pacific Rims by Rafe Bartholomew about it. And there's a you know basketball court in every neighborhood on the side. I mean, kids playing in flip flops. So just you know, to kind of grow up. I know I left there when I was six, but, I, you know, still have vivid memories of my uncles playing basketball, you know, all the basketball stuff. I mean, gather around the TV um, in the morning because of the time difference, watching NBA games, you know, on the one TV that we have in our little little neighborhood. Um, moved to the States when I was six, and my dad worked for the federal government, so I moved around a lot. Um, but eventually settled in West Virginia, so... Um, you know, I'll claim it as where I grew up. Um, a lot of people don't look at me and think West Virginian, but um, that's, you know, where spent elementary, middle school and high school years and, and played for a really good high school coach and, and Brian Hilton um, at Greater Beckley Christian. Um, a lot of people know it uh, as Beckley Prep now. Um, they, they have a really good prep program, moving a lot of kids to Division One. Um, well, that's separate, but it's kind of the same school now, but, um, and then, you know, played college basketball, a little NAIA school in Mississippi, Blue Mountain College, and then transferred for my last year to a little Baptist school in Louisville, Kentucky, Boys College. So, um, that's just a little bit about my plan. And then I got into coaching and, oh, you know, I did a stint overseas. I, I hate to say it because I wasn't very good and I didn't play very much, but, um, in the Philippines, you know, because of my background, having a, a dual citizenship, you know, having uh, two passports, um, I could play over there easily. I didn't have to be very good. Uh, and, you know, they could, I was played for the NLEX Warriors or Road Warriors. And so um, and after that, I just transitioned into coaching. Um, I coached in China for uh, three years uh, with a program called Five Star Sports, loosely affiliated with Nike Basketball, um, which that was a really good experience. Uh, did camps and clinics for Nike Basketball over there and, and coached a club team, coached a high school team. Um, and then, you know, had two little girls over there, me and my wife had two little girls over there. And so we didn't want to raise them 
in China. We, we want to, you know, come back. So transition back to the States, coached junior college for two years, which was amazing. Um, worked for a great coach and had really good experiences. Grew and learned a lot as a coach. Um, I would highly recommend junior college coaching for anybody. Um, and then after that, uh, I, you know, got this internship with the Mavs um in 2000 yeah 19 and so been here two years so okay and awesome. wrapping up at the end of this year all right lots of lots to talk about well, lots to unpack there no that's a mouthful um first of all you got we got to start with the scouting report what were you like as a player sharpshooter sharpshooter don't leave me open in the corner adam that's 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 the spot um <laughs> so one of our uh, responsibilities here with the Mavs is to play and, you know, keep your guys sharp and be on there for workouts. And so, um, you know, one of my favorite things is just spotting up in that corner. I mean, I, I can't do much as far as ball handling, but if I get a screen coming off, you know, pin down or if I'm just, you know, a little drift to the corner, you know, that's it's going in. I feel like <laughs> three point specialist. Is there anybody on the map oh, roster man, that you can outshoot? What's that? Is there anybody on the roster that you can outshoot? No, no, no. But it, it was pretty fun playing against those guys <laughs> and hitting threes. And like, damn, man! Like, wow. Okay, got yeah. you know, I got a little stroke over in the corner. So, uh. yes. <laughs> love it. Um, what was it like going back to the Philippines to play professionally? Oh, it was good. My family was still over there. My my mom and dad, they were missionaries over there for a while. And when I was when I went back, they were still living there and my sisters were still in middle school. And so um it was it was just great to be around family and be back there. I mean, played with some really good players, Kirk Long, Megan Willis Rosser, Garvo Lanetti, Kevin Alas. I mean, you know, so I mean, it was yeah, it was it was a it was special to go back. I mean, again, didn't play much, if at all. And just, just, I wasn't very good. I mean, I spent four months there and at the end of those four months, I, I knew that coaching was the route for me. So now, did you meet your wife in the Philippines or did you meet her in the States? Oh, uh, in stateside, we, we didn't go to college together, but, um, I went to school at Blue Mountain College. She went into North Mississippi. She went to school at Southern Miss. And our schools kind of did a, a joint thing during the summer of her freshman year, my sophomore year, um, where um, we, we did summer missions together. And so we went to different cities in, in Mississippi and helped those like little local churches put on VBS. And so that's where we met. And yeah, so awesome. got to be really good friends. And, just, you know, just eight yeah. years later, here we are. So awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And then you, Transition to coaching and go to China. Um, yes. So after we came back from the Philippines, um, we actually lived for a few months with my in-laws. And so just trying to figure out what we're going to do. You know what I mean? Like I've just known basketball all my life. And um, I had worked for the Y like part-time when I was in college. I was like, maybe I'll, you know, go the nonprofit route, you know, um, do the YMCA thing. And so applied. And then I was like, no, nah, I really like basketball. And so during that time, there's a couple of like local kids that asked me like, Hey, you play basketball. You want to train us? Um, and I was like, man, I, I'm not a trainer. You know what I mean? But I, I have some stuff that I did when I was a kid. Cause I'm, I was always shooting. I was always trying to get better. I was, you know, as a five, 11, six foot Filipino guy, there's, you have to do, a lot to differentiate yourself and be, you know, 
be a player because you know you step on the court they're kind of like can this kid play right and so um i you know so i got to start working with kids and i trained two or three and i was like man i really like this basketball thing you know i coached look upward hoops when i was in college and so um so i started looking at coaching jobs and um at that time I didn't have a network. I wish I knew about rising coaches. You know what I mean? And, and so, um, and so I didn't. I didn't really know what to do. I was kind of confused, and um, I didn't have a network, so I didn't know who to reach out to about GAs and stuff. I mean, I sent cold emails out there, like, "Hey, I'm interested in this or, or whatever." Um, but then I saw this job opening in China uh, with Five Star Sports as, as a basketball coach, and I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I spent a year abroad." in college um, in China at Bohai University doing kind of a language and culture exchange. Um, and so I, I knew Chinese um, and I love Chinese culture. And I was like, you know, it'd be cool to go back to Asia and coach basketball. Um, so I applied for that and, and went out there and it was a, a really good organization to work with. Um, so uh, Bob Pierce is the director of instruction. He coached professional basketball in Japan, and he was actually the, the Asian scout for the Cleveland Cavaliers over there. Um, and so he was kind of the guy that I worked under. Um, and the way it was structured is you, you had a club teams, and it's different from like club teams here in the state. It's not AU tournaments, but it's club teams. You have kids for the entire year. You practice with them two or three times a week. Um, and so, it really helped me develop as a coach and especially coaching through a language barrier. Uh, it really helped me to teach the game in a simpler, simpler way, you know, fundamentals. I mean, these kids aren't, you know, out of this world good, but they're, they're willing to learn and um, they had a good English base. And so it was just good to, to be on the court, to teach the game and to, to help, you know, to, to be a team and, and, through that opportunity in China, I got to coach a, a high school team, be a consultant for a high school team that was playing in a Nike league over there in Guangzhou. And I mean, it was it was just awesome playing, you know, Guangzhou, the city we lived in had 24 million people-ish. Wow. And so, um, you know, playing in front of these big high schools with these, with these kids, I mean, it was just a, a great experience for me. So, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. And, and yeah. in those camps was good too. So, And now a quick break to talk about our partners at Dr. Dish. As off season approaches, it's the perfect time to upgrade your training equipment at rising coaches. We highly recommend you to check out our friends at Dr. Dish basketball. They are undoubtedly the best and most innovative training machines. Their newest model for schools. The Dr. Dish CT is a complete game changer. It has a touchscreen that plays training videos tracks stats by location, and incorporates on-demand workouts and drills from the top programs and trainers in the world. Check them out at drdishbasketball.com or on social media at drdishbball. Mention Rising Coaches before you purchase and receive an additional $300 off your next order. Yeah, it sounds like a great experience. And like, I feel like you see all the time, there's, there's multiple programs like that in China that are always looking to hire mm -hmm. from the States. And yeah. I'd always see those things and be like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think, know, you know, like, I don't know if it's reputable or not, but yeah, that's, um, the, that's the thing. I think I got lucky with being with a really good organization that paid their coaches on time and was, yeah. and really had that affiliation with Nike basketball. Um, so anytime like Kyrie or KD or Kobe came over and did clinics, we helped, 
do those. You know, you see all the time those players coming over to China and, and all the kids on the court. So we would help facilitate that. And, you know, through that, you know, I met Dave Hopla, who's shooting coach for the Pistons. Um, Herb Livesey came over. Um, Peja and Vladi Divac came over and did a did a clinic with us. Um, James Scott, he worked for the Rockets. He's the strength and conditioning coach for the Shanghai Sharks. Um, you know, got to work with him. And just, again, you know, for a guy that didn't have a network, kind of build a little bit, right, and and meet coaches. The coaches that we had were really good. Um, you know, we had a player or we had a coach that came over. He played at Portland State. We had another guy that played at Loyola Chicago. Um, they, they have an academy, a basketball, five-star basketball academy now that's run by a guy who played at Spartanburg Methodist, you know, really good junior college in South Carolina. And so, you know, we had just really good coaches. And then, you know, the the people that we worked with just built really good relationships with those people. And just, and so it was, you know, it was, it was a really good experience. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's really cool. Did Dave Hopla, I got to, I got to ask, did he shoot the entire time? He was yes, he really actually we actually uh messaged the other day and um you know he was he was I was the guy when Dave came like I was his guy like all right Emmanuel make sure Dave gets here he gets his hotel he gets mm-hmm. all his meals he's eating he's you know what I mean one of those guys that if Dave needs a ride somewhere you got it you call the taxi you do this if Dave wants to go shopping at the market, you got to go with him and haggle yeah. prices. I got a video of, of Dave trying to haggle down some lady on, on a price of a purse he's trying to buy for his wife. Like it was just, I mean, it was it was great, you know, and pick his brain about the NBA. And actually through that experience, like Dave was like, anytime you're in the state, let me know, you know, to help you out. So me, you know, a worker of mine, um, when we were thinking about transitioning back to the U.S., actually flew over to the United States during we had some time off for Chinese New Year. And Dave actually hosted us in Detroit. It was, you know, let us come on the court and real early, watched our whole workouts and everything. And he was just, he was super nice and just super accommodating. So, yeah, that's awesome. He's the best. For those of you guys yeah. that don't know, like the best clinician ever, because the entire time he talks, he just, he's just shooting. Shows. I mean, and, and the kids are amazed. I mean, and it's just, machine. yeah, well, like when now this is like, uh, I don't, how old are you, Emmanuel? Uh, I'm 32. Okay, I'm 37. So we're close. I'm a little <laughs> older, but this is like 20 years ago that I that I used to see him. I would work the Phoenix Suns camps, uh, and he would come every year and talk. And I don't know if he still does this, but he'd make the kids like yes, chart the kids his would have to like chart all his shots. Yeah. And in the 30 minute talk or hour talk he'd give, he would he would probably go like 197 out of 200. Yeah, I think the he, straight, he went straight buckets. Yeah, I think he went 243 for 245 at one of our clinics. And I'm, I'm just like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, like you're su- really surprised when he misses. He's winded. I mean, he's he's shooting all over the court too. It's not like he's just taking I – mean, I know he starts out close to the basket doing form shots, but he's all over. So Yeah, impressive. <laughs> um, okay, uh, what Juco did you coach at? I coached at Dawson Community College um, in Glendive, Montana, Region 13. Um, yep. So Tyler Slick, who you had yeah. on the member spotlight. So we coached against one another when okay. he was at Science and I was at Dawson. Um, so Region 13, 
and not a lot of people know this, but I think there's diff- there's different tiers, just like there's mid-majors, high-majors in college. Right. There's, you know, and, and Region 13, uh, the Mondat Conference, I- I'd say is not, um, it's, not it's not a Texas Juco, it's not a Kansas Juco, it's not a Florida Juco. I mean, right. and so I-, I tell guys that we, you know, connect all the time on, uh, through Ryzen coaches, the, the me to coach um, type phone calls, it's like, Junior college coaching will grow you as a coach. I mean, I was strength and conditioning, academic oversight, you know, meals, everything. You have your hands in a lot of things. Um, and if your coach trusts you and he he puts all those things in your plate, you know, sometimes you've never done it. You got to figure it out and you got to learn on the fly. Uh, and, and, you know, the coach I work for, Joe Peterson, he was actually on staff with Buzz Williams at Northwestern State and coach with Coach Platt at Charleston Southern. And then he spent 12 years overseas in Kenya as a missionary. So when he transitioned back, you know, got into coaching, just he's one of those guys that's just a really great guy to work for. One of those guys that that understand that, that basketball can be used as a tool to impact kids. He's not one of those guys that's going to, you know, you got to be here, you got to be there until 11 o'clock in the office. But one of those guys that just really poured a lot into me as a coach um, and as a person. And so like, I'm super grateful for him. And, you know, this year they beat Indian Hills and they went to the national tournament. Like, you know, he's, he's a, he's a really good coach as well. So, um, I, I loved my time and, and, you know, got to recruit for two years uh, on a budget to Montana. So, I mean, I, I just, I just felt like those two years, I, I grew a lot as a coach, as a recruiter, as, as a, you know, everything so i'm really yeah. that for that opportunity i had a very similar juco experience i loved it had to do everything it took some years off the end of my life i'm convinced <laughs> but um no it's the best there's nothing like it and probably the most fun i've ever had yes be so close with that group of kids because you're with them you're doing everything for them super yeah. close i actually worked my second job so you know junior college you're not getting paid very much so i i did I was a tutor on campus and also an assistant coach. So I had a tutoring office that all the guys would just come into to tutor, but they would just sit around and, and just talk and you just get to know these kids. And I mean, I'm, I, I still talk to these guys. I mean, Juco relationships and, you know, you coach in Juco are just different. They're, they're forged through, through some of the toughest times and, you know, junior college, everybody's just trying to get out. You know what I mean? What players, coaches, but, you know, but in that time that you have together, you're bonded. And Glendive, Montana is not the easiest place to live in. I mean, it's negative 30 in the winter. The winters are last up until April or May. And just, and those kids are, you know, all they're doing is going to class, getting in the gym, maybe hanging out in the tutoring office. I mean, that's all they're doing. It's it's small town and, but they get so much better and, and they just, they just enjoy it. And it's one of those things where I expect these texts from them. And, and I actually got invited to one of their weddings this summer. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and then how did you get the internship with the Mavericks? That's the million dollar question. Yeah. That's a million dollar question. Um, so the, I had applied for this internship when I was coming back from China. I was like, you know, I know all these coaches. We, we built a network over here, but I ended up getting it. And um, I applied just like everybody else, teamwork online. And I put Dave Hopla as a reference. And I think when you're 
applying with a thousand other people, you kind of want to differentiate yourself. And so I feel like that was a differentiator because um, the guy who was hiring for the position, uh, Mike Procopio, he was the director of player development. Um, and, and I did an interview with him. He knew Dave, Dave. And so um, that was kind of a, a, a you know, point of, of reference there. And so, but I still went through all the interviews, uh, Zoom or Zoom, Skype interviews, and then did an in-person interview in Dallas. And, um, you know, they, they hired 12 interns. I think they had like 1,300, 1,200 people apply. So out of those 1,200, they're picking 12. So I was just one of those lucky ones in the stack where a name caught someone's eye and, and, you know, I'm not saying that name got me a job, but it got me in the room. You know what I mean? It got me on the phone with somebody. So, yeah. And you weren't lucky. You put in the work you know, <laughs> leading up to it. You know what I mean? You went to China, you, you coached in Montana, you know, like you earned the opportunity, but I get what you're saying. 1300 yeah. to pick 12 is yeah, yeah, crazy odds. Yeah. There's a lot of luck involved in it. And, I'm telling you, the group of guys, the interns that we had, um, just were amazing. And, and there's a group of interns that come through Dallas every year. I mean, there's some that's actually, you know, part of rising coaches, Jeremiah, who's in Arkansas, Mitch Ford, who was in Buffalo. Um, but we had 12 great dudes that just, I mean, they're, they're going to be, you know, friends for life. They're, they're going to be guys that I reach out to when, when getting jobs or doing stuff and they're just, you know, Mike Moser who played at Oregon, he just got the assistant coach job for the Oregon women's team. who's a member of rising coaches as well. He was a part of that group. And, you know, there's just Ben Stelzer. Um, all, all these guys are just guys, Marco Polo. I mean, Zach Steinberg, who's at SMU. They're, they're guys that, that, you know, I can call up and or text out of the blue and say, Hey, what's happening? What's going on? And, and stuff like that. So um, it was just a great, great, group to experience this with for sure. Tell us a little bit about what you do with the Mavs. Like what's a, what's a typical day look like for you? Yeah. So this year has been totally different, right. With COVID restrictions. And last year, I'll say last year was a whole lot more fun because we were allowed to be on the court. I'll we'll say we got to the facility probably at seven thirty, seven o'clock every morning. Um, the players start rolling in about 45 minutes after. And, you know, we're on the court rebounding, I'm a master rebounder, you know, trying not to let that ball hit the ground. Um, we were passing. Um, we were playing defense. Jalen Brunson, he loves to go live in some of his workouts, you know, and so we'll, he'd go three-on-one, and it, but not three-on-one, but one-on-one, you know, so they'll throw a defender at him. He'll do a rep. They'll throw another defender. He'll do a rep. And so we were, we were those guys, I could say – glorified managers slash GAs that were just out there wiping sweat, rebounding basketballs, passing, being defenders. Um, and then, you know, those are individual workouts in the morning. And then when practice starts, we'd split into two, uh, two groups. And so uh, I went with a group of coach Silas. Um, he was with the Houston Rockets. Now um, he, he did offense. And so, the, you know, if we're playing the wizards, we're doing we're we're they're running actions against us um kind of scout team like and then there's another group on the other practice court and they're doing what the washington's offensive actions as as our guys try to guard it and we're swapping um you know we're live defenders and and 
in practice. Um, and so that was practice. And then they'll have. So, sorry. Words. Yeah. Sorry. Real quick. Are you getting cussed out by Rick Carlisle? If you like get blown yes. by. Yes. You screw up yes. yes. <laughs> uh, so Coach Carlisle would be like, you know, I, I was always most of the time the board man. So, you know, if you wanted to draw something up in practice, you better be there on the spot with the board or he's, he's like, where the f- was my board? You know what I mean? Like, and so if he's turning around, the board's not, you know, right there waiting for him. He's, 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 he's not having it, but no, uh, he's, he was, he was always gracious. Coach Carlisle was super gracious and, and, and kind. And, um, but yeah, if, if you weren't on the ball with something, he was, he, he was looking, he was looking for you. And so, um, that was, he, he was, he was a fun guy to, to be around and, and just interact. And all those coaches were, I mean, our player development coaches, God Sham, God, Daryl Armstrong, Peter Patton, they were just guys that, you know, when they did their workouts, you better be paying attention because there's a lot of stuff that you can take, um, a lot of stuff that they're doing footwork wise and, and just telling our players because they're, they're pulling from years of experience and, and knowledge and, and working guys out and doing all that stuff. So um, it was, you know, that was last year, this year, totally different. It's all remote. They're sending us, you know, just film from practice and, and workouts that we're charting and, and we're sending that on to, to our director of basketball administration and he keeps kind of like an internal database of how many shots their guys are getting up and how many shots they're making during the week and, and from what spots. And, and then uh, I think he writes a report and, and sends it on to, you know, the big guy, Mark Cuban. So. Um, what kind so when you're, you say you chart practice, like you're charting actual like shot, shot. Attempts. Yeah. So um, I, I chart our three rookies and I've charted them since the beginning of the year. And, and probably my biggest thing is is when they're working out, let's say they take a shot from the left corner, 15 foot, 15 foot left corner, eight your out spot, of ten. Your spot, Emmanuel. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. And then they're gonna move and then they're on the move. So like if they're going from the corner and they're pulling up to the wing, I'll put left three point left corner, corner pull. And so I'm charting that and then um and then I'm putting it into an Excel sheet. And those Excel sheets just add up their numbers and, and, you know, it can be a little time consuming, um, especially when they're, when they're not wearing a chip that tracks their charts. Um, you know, some, t- some weeks, especially during the preseason, if they're not using their, their, their chips or whatever, I'm, I'm maybe charting thousand, 2000 shots a week. So crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, they get up a lot of shots. A lot of guys don't know the, the work that goes behind it and just, you know, some guys are getting a thousand shots during the week and probably shooting four shots the whole three games during the week. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And so uh, these guys are professionals. They, they, they are, they're diligent about their craft and, you know, it, it was good to just see the work ethic, the professionalism of these guys that are coming in and, and just working at it. So. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like what was the biggest shock? Um, maybe uh, the biggest, like, thing that you didn't expect and the thing maybe a thing that like you thought you'd see more of uh at that level. Uh, the biggest shock I, I just think how how welcoming and gracious everybody was with the Mavericks organization like I mean our, our first day you kind of like shell shocked when you walk into the practice facility and you got Luka Doncic working out on one court you got Christos Porzingis on the other side of the court you know Tim Hardaway Jr. shooting on the other court. But, you know, they're very welcoming. Um, 
um, very little ego. I mean, I mean, they have an ego because they're in the NBA. They have to have some type of, you know, confidence and stuff like that. But just just how gracious everybody was to us and, and how they treated us. They, you know, we weren't treated like the lowest level of the room, which we were, you know, but we were we were treated, you know, very well and, and valued and, and stuff like that. So uh, I really appreciated that. Um, what I, what I expect to see more. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't come in with any expectations. I wanted to come in eyes wide open. Uh, I, you know, as a, as a Filipino who, you know, you got Mike McPayo at UC Riverside who paved the way in college. You got Eric Spolstra, but there's still a sense of this imposter syndrome, you know, you know, that you're like, man, do I belong here type deal. And so I, I just, I expected not a lot. And I just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but I, I was, I was very appreciative of, of the time and the experience that I had for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's a unique deal, right? Because it's a two-year internship and then it's done, right? Like they pulled the plug. It is a one-year, but because oh, of COVID year. last year, um, they extended it into this year. And so, oh, okay. yeah, so I was really lucky to, to, to get on. There was actually a couple of our guys that moved on after last year. One became a GA at Texas Tech and a Texas Now. And then another guy, uh, as it was SMU, and then another guy took an assistant coaching job at Rice um with the women's team um so there was i think only eight of us left seven or eight of us um so it, but they allowed us to to do another year this internship um and but remotely so so what are you gonna what's like the plan after the season <laughs> that's the that's the question right now right uh i'm just i'm looking for any and all opportunities i guess i i've talked with my junior college coach and and I talk to him on a weekly almost daily basis and he's just he for me I'm 32 and so I was the oldest intern which you know coach Carla always made a quip about that like Manny you're 30 you're interning like what what are you doing with your life and so (laughs) but (laughs) but you know like I I want to go where I can have the most impact um, impact on the core, like as far as winning and but like impact with the kids. And like, if that means going back to junior college, I, I mean, be great. Uh, I've talked to some guys about their GA experience and, and maybe taking a GA somewhere. Um, and, and then, you know, I, I just, I'm open. Um, I don't know what the next logical step is. Uh, last year I interviewed with the Texas legends uh, about an open operations job. I mean, I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, uh, uh, you know, just praying about it, talking to my wife about it and, and just seeing what opportunities open up and, and you know, I'm, I'm open. So I don't know what the next step is. That That's a, a long winded answer to say, I don't know what the next step is. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, whatever it is, I'm sure you're going to make a great impact on wherever you go and, and you. be successful because um, you clearly work hard, but um, your, uh, I've always been impressed by your level of humbleness. Uh, and, um, you've done a lot, man. You've done a lot in a short amount of time and it's impressive, but you act, you know, like you, you act like, uh, you know, like, I don't know, very humble. 
Yeah, that'll carry you far for sure. Uh, in this business. Not, not everyone's like that. <laughs> um, all right, hit me with uh, last thing before I let you go. Hit me with like the best piece of advice, the biggest lesson you've learned, you know, in your years coaching uh, yeah. that could benefit, you know, someone getting into the business or someone that's been in it for a while. For sure. I say be yourself. I think a lot of people are going to try to go outside themselves and, and do things that, that are not within their skill set. I mean, be yourself. Um, again, stay humble and hungry. Those are two things that that um, my dad always taught me, uh, that Coach Peterson when I was at junior college was always harped on with me and with our guys. Like, you, you got to know that you're not always going to be the smartest person in the room. So you got to you got to learn to listen. You got to learn to be humble and you got to be hungry. Like every year there's guys that, that want to be a part of this business. It's a great business that we're in, right. To, to, to coach basketball, to, to follow our passion. Um, and so, you know, learn to listen, be humble and, and be hungry. Those are, those are the three things that I feel like have been the best advice for me and could be the best advice for anybody because um, you know, those are those are things that'll take you far like you said it's just um you 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 got to be those three things you got to do those three things to be successful because i mean no one no one wants to work with a guy who's who's always wanting his way who who thinks you know he knows everything because we don't you're always going to come up against somebody that 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 knows something more and there's a lot to learn there's a lot to take away from that so i love it great advice emmanuel uh, appreciate you jumping on the, the member spotlight today. And uh, thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And look forward to seeing you on some Zooms here shortly, maybe in yes. person. Who knows? Yes, sir. Looking looking forward to, to coming to these live events. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Which one are you coming to, Emmanuel? Uh, shoot, I might do both. But no, Phoenix sounds good. I, yeah. I like Phoenix. That's great weather, you know. So, but Atlanta's good too. We have some family over there. So we'll see. Right. <laughs> well, we'll see you there, man. Thanks again, Emmanuel. Appreciate you coming on. What's up, podcast fans? I want to share some information about one of our partners, Lucio Sports. The team at Lucio has built an integrated platform of coaching productivity and player development apps that are being used by some of the best basketball programs around the globe, helping everyone from NBA champions to youth development academies. Their innovative and competitive memorization games make it so much easier for new players and staff members to remotely get caught up to speed. With animated playbooks, drill libraries, player development planning and monitoring, engaging game plans and scouting reports, predictive play drawing, their content services team, and more, Lucio Sports has got you covered. From players to coaches to support staff and executives, use Lucio Sports to securely keep everyone in your organization on the same page with simple on-demand access to your team's entire knowledge base. For more information, check out luciosports.com. That's L-U-C-E-O sports.com.